Welcome to Because We Had To, a podcast dedicated to the leaders, entrepreneurs, and dreamers who are foundational to the American spirit. This show is powered by Solero Commerce on the Park Life Podcast Network. I'm your producer, Suzette Feller. Today we'll be discussing topics like organizational culture, adversity, and character with two of our brightest team members, Abigail Lucier, Project Manager, and Nicole Beecher, Operations Project Manager. But before we bring in our guests, let's catch up with Kevin and Brian. Hey, Kevin. Sir, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's early in the week. It's going to be a good week, I can tell. And I'm coming off of a uh, nice few days off for the first time in a long time. What did you do that time, sir? I went to the land of the free and the home of the awesome, Watauga County, North Carolina. Wow. I know a guy who was born there. Yeah, I do too. Um, Spent a few nights in Blowing Rock and a few days along the Blue Ridge Parkway with my lovely wife and son taking him on some of his very first Blue Ridge hikes all the way up the mountain. He was saying, Daddy, go to the mountains today. Go to the mountains today. And I had to keep telling him, yeah, we're going to the mountains today. And then when we got to the mountains, he said, okay, let's go to the mountains. And I said, look all around you. There's a mountain. There's a mountain. There's a mountain. Um, Imagine the first time you took your little one's to the mountains it was just like that yeah it's always been it's definitely a place they love to go and we've actually started heading back that way for vacations as a family since we've moved back to nashville and uh my children just absolutely love going so what have you been up to uh as we enter the summer of what will hopefully not be our summer of discontent well the little things man you know the little things matter again that's for sure and so this weekend we had some soccer scrimmages and spent some time at the pool with friends and actually uh, went to our last guest, uh, Harper Gray's surprise birthday party. So it was all in all quite a, quite a great weekend just to be around friends and, and be outside. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's funny. This leads into the topic at hand, you know, with it being a rough year. I don't know too many people that are happy except maybe the grocery stores uh, and Amazon. But, you know, I remember one of the big conversations I had this year was with you right after all this stuff hit in March. Uh, I was actually just telling one of your colleagues that I'd never had such a serious conversation with you. Um, And I've had a lot of serious conversations with you. through the years, but this was like a uh, hundred year level serious. And um, one of the things we talked about was how adversity always yields positive things, revelations through, through adversity. You, it's often where you quit taking things like being able to go to the pool with your friends for granted or, being able to, up until recently, all the parks were closed, like the Blue Ridge Parkway, which is one of God's greatest gifts to mankind, uh, and mankind shaping it with roads and pull-offs and stuff. Um, you know, we're not taking for granted those things anymore. Um, but I'm curious. I, I, I said to you, and it wasn't 
telling you anything you didn't know. It was just reminding you of the things you were about to see. What are some of the things you've seen, like with what's happened at Solero in your industry and being so closely tied to small business in the country? Yeah. I mean, well, the first revelation is just how much more time I think people have gotten to spend, you know, with, with other people that are close to them. So kids, family, but also, you know, people you work with directly, um, at least our group here in Nashville. And so I think, you know, that's been great for, I think, families across the country just to have time together, working out the kinks, learning to be a family, you know, sitting down and um, spending time together uh, with no no uh, agenda, you know, no soccer practices and, and, you know, things to run to every night. And though those things were horribly missed, but the second thing was, you know, resilience, man, that's the thing that I think I pick up on more than anything. It's just the resilience of the, of the human spirit. And obviously the business is because of that, but you know, we, at Solera, we've just seen an amazing amount of resilience, dedication and talent on our team. And, they really were amplified or, or magnified, I should say, during during this time period. And it's just really funny coming out of this. And you're just like, wow, man, we just have such a great team. And you just got to see their talents uh, really clearly and um, see their dedication really clearly because, you know, we worked super hard to not, you know, have to, you know, lay too many people off or let too many people go. And as a result of that, you know, we had people picking up, a lot of slack and having to work more hours and frankly, you know, for less pay. Um, and just watching people dig in and do that and, and for the betterment of the company and our customers and our, and our team members. So that was huge. And then it's valuing the little things, right? It's like something as small as local coffee or youth soccer matches we were talking about. I think it just reminds you, you know, how, how much joy is in some of those really small things that we do and to not, you lose sight of, of the value of those things. We often talk about topics that we are writing about. And just so people know, um, Kevin and I are going on a bit of a creative journey together where every month we try to create some written content that reflects his leadership journey and, uh, my experience as his little buddy in the little sidecar of his motorcycle. Um, <laughs> and, and the latest piece we've been working on reflects some observation I've had. Um, it seems like you build your teams, you being you, Kevin Jones, and any other CEO worth his salt. You build your teams thinking about can I scale the highest heights with these people? Can I set crazy goals and then as soon as we've hit it, set another crazy one and have the kind of people who are like, hell yeah, who eat that up. And like when the whole world gets turned on its head, it becomes almost the reverse of that. Like are these same people who – keep the bit between their teeth in the good times, are they going to be the one that pulls this thing away from the ditch, you know, and, and keep you from experiencing the lowest lows and get you more quickly 
on that road to recovery and thriving. And what I observed as I had conversations with you and a bunch of your folks that I worked with regularly is what I put together is like, there, there's a little bit of a formula. Um, and I was just talking to one of your colleagues about how when you're running a company with dozens and dozens of people, I think a lot of leaders, when the hard times hit, they try to do it all themselves. And that would be the recipe for failure for you. So you had to find people that you could believe in in times like these and spend all of your time equipping them, whether that's data, new tools, new things to sell that have more relevance and greater value to your customers during this time period. So can you share with us what you've observed? Feel free to name individuals, whether it's people on your team, certain businesses. What have you seen during this time where you saw a little belief get turned into a wildfire? Yeah, man. And the two guests we have on today are really good examples of what you're talking about, which is sometimes I prefer having people who haven't been through some of the experiences so they don't know that they can't do things, but they're super talented, energetic, and they therefore do things that other people think can't be done. Um, And, you know, there's a long history of me finding a way to surround myself with a couple of people like that at every stop, like the Sarah's and and Amy's in the past. Um, But um, interestingly, through this particular period, yeah, you see that stuff come to light when people's backs are against the wall and things are really difficult. And certainly two names come to mind really quickly or, you know, during the pandemic itself are are Abigail uh, Lucier and, and Kevin Brolin. The reason for that is because we really broke our organization into an offense and a defense to handle this because, you know, I'm really good at one thing, and that's aggregating talent and recognizing it. And so we put Abigail uh, at the helm of our defense. Um, and the defense couldn't be more important right now because we've had an unprecedented pandemic on our hands. Our customers are closing. And, uh, you know, her job was to help protect the castle. So we had to create a pandemic response plan for managing our organization through the pandemic. We had to protect the roles and the health of our team members and then manage an appropriate cost savings uh, plan to allow for us to maintain our health uh, since our volume and our revenue were drastically impacted from the closures. And then lastly, you know, to communicate that plan, not only to our team members, but to our board of directors, to our customers, to our partners, et cetera. And then Kevin Brolin, uh, we asked to lead our offense and, you know, it was a sprint to helping 28,000 customers pivot with products and processes that assist them in maintaining their revenue. So helping them get curbside, online ordering, delivery, virtual gift cards, things that could help them maintain revenue through the pandemic and keep their doors open. Um, Creating appropriate vessels for communication to all those folks, emails, calls. We did over 50 webinars, web-based resources. Um, We literally have a website that has every state's uh, plan for opening and how it's impacting the the merchants there. Um, and then preparing for a rebound. So we do anticipate a rebound and, you know, we're creating product bundles by vertical that help our small businesses not only survive, but accelerate back. So um, the whole team's actually been phenomenal though, because obviously within that defense and within that offense, there are multiple leaders um, and team members that are contributing ideas, time, effort, blood, sweat, tears to making it a reality. And we've just seen, um, 
such a phenomenal outcome from them that when I'm talking to other CEOs in the industry that I'm friends with, I mean, we're outperforming um, our competition through this and we're enduring it really well. And, you know, I owe a lot of that to, to Abigail and Kevin. Um, and I, you know, one of the things I know we're going to touch briefly on the Duffy award at Solero uh, in this, on this uh, podcast. And one of the things I'd like to say that he always said was everyone can process a transaction, everyone in our industry. So the difference is always the people. Now that you're seeing a lot of adoption of new technology by merchants, different tools. What do you think it's going to take for American business to come back? Well, I don't want to oversimplify this, but the bottom line is consumers. Um, there's no bill. There's no bailout. There's nothing that can make these guys survive. No loans long term. They are great bridges to success, but they do not last long. And so the bottom line is you know, community, communities are going to have to be persistent. You know, be persistent through some, you know, ups and downs with this virus and, and maintain, you know, commitment to the local businesses that they treasure. And I say that from a place of not Solero surviving or, or thriving or, you know, but it really is, you know, a passion of mine. And the reason that I do, uh, that I am the CEO of this business is that I do genuinely care a ton about small businesses. And, you know, it's, if we like our local coffee shop and our, our local brewery and um, the local restaurant where they know your name and, and the, the local, uh, you know, hardware shop, um, you're going to have to go shop at them. <laughs> Otherwise, it's TGI Fridays, Taco Bell, and Walmart for the rest of their life. And that's a fact. I mean, these guys are in trouble, um, but they are persistent and they are tough. And so they, they're resilient. But uh, that's that's one number one, and then you know, it's going to it's going to take uh, you know, supportive leadership, and it's going to take these and frankly these community banks because you know like one of our best partners is Pinnacle Bank. I mean they've they've kind of taken the approach that we've taken, which I'm really proud of, which is you know when the cards are down, don't worry about profit and everything else. Worry about singularly one thing: your customer. Help them survive because at the end of the day, that's why we're here. That's our purpose. And once, so when the cards are down, just focus on the purpose. Just help them pivot, help them win, help them grow. And then if you do that, your business will be fine. But um, they've done a phenomenal job of doing that. I mean, I forget, it's in the billions. I know uh, how, many, how many PPP loans they've pushed out. And they've just been working 16 hour days to do it because they actually care. And so it's just having those. You know, it's choosing your partners, you know, right also. And hopefully our partners feel like, you know, people like Pinnacle and people like Solero have answered the bell. And that's that's my goal is to, to answer the bell. The presenting sponsor of Because We Had To is Solero Commerce. As small businesses around the country begin to reopen, we'll continue sharing resources to help them adjust to a new normal. For integrated payments and business management tools that can help your business survive and thrive, head to solerocommerce.com slash COVID-19. All right, Kevin, let's bring in our two friends, the first two winners of the aforementioned Duffy Award. Walk us through the creation of that award and then bring them in with a proper introduction, please. The award's simple. Mike Duffy was one of the biggest mentors in my life. And you know, growing up with a single mom on a Christmas tree farm in the mountains of North Carolina, um, you know, A, having someone like him 
represent character, integrity, and passion uh, had a big impact on me. It was like a, it was like that coach in high school that uh, means so much to you. Uh, helps you believe in yourself, helps teach you how to lead and what's important about uh, valuing others. Um, so he was a big mentor of mine at Chase Payment Tech when he was CEO and I was working with him there for him more, more specifically. And um, he mentored many of us, you know, myself, uh, Scott Ferraci, our chief marketing officer, Jim Harris, uh, who runs a big part of our sales team, and uh, Jeff Brown, who's our COO. He he made a he had a big impact on a bunch of us, and passed away from cancer after a few years and uh, of us working together. And it's had such a big impact on us, man. Um, and so, as we started this organization, we wanted to uh, you know name our highest honor, which is a combination of performance and core values. So, you know, our core values uh, we hold dearly here. Um, and, uh, which the number one is respect. And, uh, you know, so we look for individuals within our organization every quarter that, uh, show the, the work ethic and performance, and then also exhibit those core values. And so we award individuals with that. And, uh, we're happy to introduce, uh, Nicole Beecher and Abigail Lucier, who, to our audience, who, uh, were the first two, um, recipients of the award and, are two super talented, energetic, and influential young women in our organization. Uh, I would love to hear you describe your role at Solero. I've worked for Kevin before, so I know that the ink is barely dry on a job description before all that belief in equipment turns into a bigger job uh, based on your potential. So, Nicole, you go first. Uh, You're the first winner of the award. Uh, tell us what you do at Solero. I'm the operations project manager at Solero, and um, I work on projects that can streamline production and, um, yeah, just make it better for the team, for our merchants, for our partners. I know a big term in your industry is friction. Uh, so are, are you basically a friction eliminator? Yes. I, I think every project manager is probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I, I just really love working with the team and, and accomplishing things, you know. Uh, Abig- Abigail, go ahead and jump in. You've played a similar role at Solero, haven't you? So yeah, I'm a senior project manager. And what I really enjoy most about being a project manager is, and I'm sure Nicole would agree, we, we get to dip our toe into several different things. Um, you know, operations, finance, tech, you name it, um, new offices, new phone systems. Pandemic responses. Pandemic responses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anything and everything. And um, it's it's a perfect role for, for me. I like to stay busy. I like to constantly have my hand in, in something. And uh, the more dynamic the project, the more exciting it is to be a part of. You, you were both named winners, Nicole, uh, in February, and then you, Abigail, in May uh, as quarterly award winners for the Duffy Award uh, for Leadership. And I know from those very early discussions, like, it just felt like an outpouring of the hearts of the leadership. And Abigail, you and I have talked about 
how these folks at the top of the company have this big heart for serving you guys and putting you in a position to succeed. Tell us what it felt like to be recognized knowing that about where you work and the people who lead you. I think, you know, I mean, of course there was a significant amount of shock for me. I mean, we were in the thick of all things pandemic and um, we were all just, you know, like 15 hour work days um, back to back. And so there was definite shock uh, for me, but I'll tell you, honestly, the most meaningful part of receiving that award um, was the response that I got from everybody in the organization. So after the announcement was made, my inbox was flooded with congratulations, uh, you deserved it, just so many positive messages. I'm talking about people I've never met, people I've never worked with um, on projects, and it, it honestly like gives me chills to talk about because that is what makes an award like that so meaningful to the recipient is because, you you know, humbly, I'll say this humbly, we don't go out asking for those awards, right? Um, but when you do receive it and you see everybody else is just as excited for you to get it um, and they're not BSing you, you know, nobody has to send those emails. But when I got like 45 messages or so, it just, I mean, it, it was it was an incredible feeling just to get that support and to still have that support. And apart from that, it was really inspiring. It made me want to do more. It made me want to connect with these people I've never worked with before. If they can go out of their way and congratulate somebody they've never met, I can, I can connect with that person and I should connect with that person. It makes me want to do more for them and with them. Did you have a similar experience, Nicole? I did. And that was exactly the best thing that came out of it. Like I was totally shocked. I was not shocked about you, Abigail, though. You totally deserve that. But um, after I, I was the same way. I was flooded with emails and calls from all the team members at Solero. It was just incredible. And that really hit home. That really hit home for me. When a new award is created and you're the first two to get it, in addition to the recognition comes some responsibility. So you're a culture carrier. What does that mean to you moving forward? You are setting a major example for everyone else. You, I mean, that's part of leading. You know, you have to set a good example. I think that's the biggest responsibility. So, and that's backed by the culture, you know, having good values. Right. It, you find yourself um, kind of checking yourself, right? Um, I do feel like it's, it's a, another form of accountability that not necessarily like my boss or my colleagues are like, well, she's not acting like a Duffy recipient. <laughs> you know, I say that because that's something that has crossed my mind more than once um, since receiving it. I don't need my colleagues to, to think that about me because hopefully I've had, I've already checked myself before we, we get there. So it's another form of accountability that I, um, you, you're not necessarily expecting when you receive an award, but it, I mean, it just shows you that the value of, of receiving that award or even, even having it to begin with, it's, it's so much more than just your name on a plaque. It's something that, um, you're going to carry with you the whole time you're here. 
the banking industry is not known as a hotbed of progression as far as the glass ceiling. Uh, I think now you're seeing a better realization of that. But, you know, Kevin and I go back 20 plus years where you basically saw a lot of women topping out as branch managers. And the payments industry was often a feeder that was fed by the banking industry. I mean, Kevin's a good example of that. So you're both women, you're leaders uh, in the payments and fintech space. And I think you're part of this vanguard, you know, that he's chosen to ride with because uh, he rattled off a few of those names in the beginning of this episode. What do you think is your duty or obligation or motivation to encourage or help people coming into their careers? Because I think you're incredible examples that there's no ceiling, that, that you guys are kind of living the dream. One of the, I mean, as as someone who transitioned a little over a year ago from a completely different corporate sector. I honestly, one of the first things I noticed about uh, the fintech, the fintech space is the abundance of opportunities specifically for women. Um, Jody Kelly, you know, she's the CEO of the electronic transactions association. That's a powerful, powerful position to be in. Um, it's uh, I think that when you look at the the space, the payment space, there's there's no greater time to to be a part of that. Um, so if I were talking to a young female professional, um, that's what I would relay to them is, you know, in a, in a world right now that's having to quickly adjust to um, electronic payments, specifically the state we're in right now. Um, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there, um, specifically in financial technology. And there are all types of programs out there, like women in tech, women in payments, um, just to name a few. And I, I was just absolutely blown away being new to this industry and new to this space at the amount of opportunity diversity, if you will, um, for men and women alike. Um, it, it's, I, I truly believe that the sky is the limit in, in this industry. I really do. So you've got a good perspective as somebody that's crossed over. Nicole, you've been in this industry 20 plus years. What's exciting for you about not only that journey, but where you are right now? There are definitely opportunities and advantages because I actually think the sky is the limit and especially a young woman can, can definitely do that. You know, she's at the beginning, she can just go for it. Kevin and I have been talking about the power of believing in people and equipping them to meet challenges ahead. How have you both benefited from that dynamic and how have you tried to pass it on to other people as leaders in your company in the industry? I think when we talk about believing in people and equipping them, um, really setting them up for success, I'll brag about my boss as he's sitting really, really close to me. Uh, I can say this is without a doubt, his in particular, Mr. Kevin Jones, it's his most notable quality. Um, and 
I honestly, interestingly enough, I found that really just the simple act of empowering others, I really think it's one of Solero's most distinct characteristics as a whole, just from a cultural perspective. Because, I mean, personally, I cannot tell you what it has meant for leaders like Kevin or Jeff Brown simply just believing in me, the the benefit that, that I've had because of that. It's it's kind of hard to put an emotion like that into words. I mean, I think if I had to choose one, it would be just monumental. Um, when I think of how they go about equipping me or believing in me, it really comes back to trust, right? Um, we can we can talk about all the details of a project, no matter how big or how small, but at the end of the day, I'm going to walk out and they're trusting me to get this done. And you feel that trust. Obviously, these are things you can you can see and touch, but not so much as you can feel them. Um, you feel it when you're not being trusted. You feel it when you're being trusted. And I think that it's the most notable feature of, of Solero, um, truly. I agree with you. I think that Solero is great at empowering the team and, and the individual. And I, I do feel empowered by Solero, um, and by the executive team. They definitely just awesome. They're great at that. I think that's a big quality for them. I totally agree with you. And I have to say since the pandemic, I've been super busy. (laughs) So that is a benefit in itself. I have just, we've gone, we've continued, we've continued and continued, even though we had all of that there. And they've, and, you know, Kevin and Jeff, they've, they've made sure as well as you, oh my gosh. Um, and Kevin Brolin have made it so we can continue and continue and get through this. So I've just been very appreciative to be able to continue on the projects that we've had, um, and getting it done and keeping busy (laughs) because that's been really helpful too. (laughs) Yeah. So, Kevin, from where you sit right now, what have you seen in these two ladies, specifically the attributes they bring to the table that make them special as individuals and some of the actions they've done on a daily basis? I've been so lucky in my life to be able to lead so many people and work with so many people. And one thing that I've really gotten good at is just identifying talent and Talent comes in so many different shapes and sizes, and but you can recognize it when you see it. And you know, interestingly, when we went out just to do diligence on Nicole's company that we acquired, we met her and Jeff and I, I mean, within minutes, we were just like, I love her. It's just one of those things that her attitude and she's just like a light. I mean, just always smiling and happy and energetic. She illuminates projects. She illuminates tasks that we need to get done. I mean, she makes them visible and, and reacting. And so she, it's her attitude, it's her talent, it's her dedication, it's that she's a culture carrier. Her energy is contagious and her work is excellent. And then Abigail, it took me about 15 seconds to make an offer to her. I was trying to just contain my excitement, you know, until I could get an offer letter out. But she's frankly just become one of my top advisors. I mean, from the entire company. She, I asked her, probably more than anyone, like, what should we do here? <laughs> um, so that's pretty important. Uh, and she just simply gets it done, bro. I mean, if 
there's something in the organization I don't feel like going in the right direction. I feel like I can just throw Abigail on it and just check it off. And whatever dust is behind her blowing it up and putting it back together, I'm not worried about. But she gets it done. Um, she's confident, intelligent, and authentic. You know, those are her best traits. Kevin, I just want to ask you, we got a good take from both of these awesome leaders, you know, about their views on opportunity for women. And the more diverse, the more inclusive you are, not only the better opportunity for those individuals, your business is going to do better. What have you seen in the industry from where you sit that validates this dynamic? We've already heard about your friend, Jody Kelly. You were part of that team that chose her at ETA. You know, when I was president of ETA, we ended up with you know quite a few more women on the board than we had ever had before. And I got a call from like a major magazine saying they wanted to do a story. And I said, no, you know why? Because I didn't do it for that purpose. So I'm not the martyr in this situation. So, you know, the bottom line is fintech is great because it's a leader in this area because it's dynamic and it evolves quickly. So sports has driven a lot of um, society's ills to the side because it's so performance driven, right? So people will people will challenge, you know, social things because they want the best player. <laughs> um, they want to win. And so, you know, Solero and in fintech in general, you have to work hard to keep up. I mean, this is this is a business that changes and evolves super quickly. So it creates a high performance environment that flies by folks that are standing still. And as such, it rewards performance and performance doesn't have time for age, gender, ethnicity, religion, sexual orientation. You know, we thrive from different perspectives and have a culture in which we tend to ask those with the most different perspectives, the tough questions, um, because our culture is rooted in humility and respect. This question's for all of you, and we'll, we'll close out with this. Tell me one thing you've seen from your team, your company, just from your life, something that's inspired you this year, um, kind of given you that hope to go forward. Really something nice I noticed right from the beginning uh, just walking around my neighborhood, seeing people, even though we had to keep our distance, they reached out to say hi. And honestly, I don't think they really, that would happen or before this. So I think it's brought people as a whole together. So I think that was really cool. And that was inspiring. Yeah, I think from our experience with the pandemic response, those um, really difficult couple of months. I mean, we're, we're very much still in it, but you know, when, when, when it all hit, no, nobody knew what to do, right? There are zero companies out there that had any protocols or policies in place to really handle something of this magnitude. And we're all still trying to figure it out. Um, you know, and, and with, with something that extreme comes some really, really, um, I think, less than ideal days. Um, one day after the next, we're just looking for something positive, looking for the uptick, etc. What was extremely, um, I think, inspiring for me was to witness the overall response and support from our entire organization. So we're not necessarily delivering the best news every time we connect with everybody. We're trying to figure out how can we cut costs here? How can we survive as a business? How can we ensure that all of these other businesses survives? And how do we, as 
KJ likes to say, protect the castle. Um, and with that comes some, some really hard conversations you have to have with your team. But what was really, really inspiring and something that, that leaves me feeling incredibly optimistic about who we have um, at Solero is the overwhelming amount of support and response and understanding and just willingness to dig in and do whatever is necessary for the betterment of the company. I mean, it, it's absolutely something unlike anything I've ever, I've, I've ever experienced. It's really easy to fall back and be extremely negative about all of the things going on around you, but to see an entire team of people who don't necessarily have to understand and they don't have to be supportive and understanding of something really difficult, but they were. And that was really, really inspiring to be a part of. Abigail's alluding to, you know, we were in a situation where 125 folks could take a pay cut or we could terminate 20 folks. And you know, we obviously chose the um, the pay cuts and the unbelievable amount of support from every single employee. You know, it was uh, it was really heartfelt because mm-hmm. they cared about their their fellow teammate, and it was temporary and wasn't too painful. But nonetheless, a little pain versus a lot of pain for some. It was kind of cool. Um, but and it does lead to mine. And mine's when you see the resilience of like how they go through this, and you're like, man, we chose well. Thanks, as always, for tuning into Because We Had To, and a special thank you to our guests, Abigail Lucier and Nicole Beecher. To learn more about our team and the work they've been doing to support merchants and FIs during the pandemic, please visit solerocommerce.com.